Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your host, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Lance, it is great having you here in the building that we built, especially where we were a year ago, working seven days a week straight, 12 hours per day at this time frame to get this project done. So if if you miss any of that, go back at least a year, listen to some of our podcasts. We probably skipped some because we were so stressed. We did, and the numbers went down. Oh, <laughs> I distinctly but, remember that. We had one of the worst months of this uh, podcast, almost four-year history. Yeah. And then uh, why I'm bringing that up is because I was looking through my Google Drives trying to find a document, and I found a, a five-page checklist that I made, and then I, I put everyone's name on it. I put Lance's name on it. I put the plumber's name on it and posted it in one of the garages and told everyone, here's your checklist. Do it check it off as you go along and everyone could just walk to that garage, find the next task, just get it done. But now <clears throat> we're sitting a lot better, not having nightmares about that. Not and not wanting to shave all your hair off. Yep. Britney style. That's what <laughs> Britney Spears style. Still, I still think it's not the worst idea ever. Um, and this podcast, which we're now, you know, actually doing instead of skipping it like last year, is physically brought to you by Dell. Because I'm working on a Dell computer and so is Lance. He's working on a Dell computer. So if you are thinking about upgrading, getting a new computer, or expanding, the way to do it, the way to get the biggest discounts that you could possibly get is go to dell.com forward slash inside the firm. That shows that you are a listener of us. They give you special member deals that they give us. Uh, Insert your email. They'll send you the coupon code and you get great discounts at Dell.com forward slash inside the firm. If you're purchasing, it helps us out and it helps you out. So uh, if you ever wanted to give back, this is a great way to to help support us supporting you. There you have it. Are you or your firm still working remotely? Are the logistics of putting together a project daunting when no one is in the same room, even if you're using Zoom? Oh, well, ArcCat has a solution for you. ArcCat Surrette allows you to manage projects and specification documents online with multiple team members, discuss products, configurations, outline specs, product photos, and documents, and more on one page, along with the ability to access product information, specs, CAD, BIM, and the patented spec wizard from anywhere in the world. Charette can help your firm get more done no matter where you are. You or the rest of your firm are. You can even promote your firm's project when you're done. That's right. And like all of our cat solutions, it's completely F-R-E-E. That's free to use. Mm. So check it out at artcat.com forward slash projects. That's artcat.com forward slash projects. That's A-R-C-A-T dot com. There you go. You want to know what's not free? What's not free? Revit rocket ship. Really? Yep. And that's because we have honed and put together a great course for you to learn Revit from the ground up the way it should be learned, which is to model like you get built, model like it gets built. We've included our template that we update every year and make better so that you can uh, perform your job at a higher level quicker 
and more professional. Uh, there's nothing like having the confidence of knowing how to model. To do so, go to RevitRocketShip.com where yours truly teaches you how to model in Revit uh, based on modeling like it should get built. RevitRocketShip.com. There you go. You have it. Uh, so there's some, what I wanted to talk about today, one of the things I wanted to talk about was what new trends, what to look for. So I recently sat in on um, a, it was a presentation by some design students at the Boston Architectural College. Thank you to Isra Banks for uh, hosting me. And actually then uh, on that pot, on that, during that lecture, um, I met a fellow by the name of Jack Roseberry, who I'm really excited to have on. He's part of the Entree Architect community and we're going to have him on. I'm going to interview him next Monday and ask him about what it's like to permit in New York in some of the boroughs. And uh, it should be a pretty interesting conversation. But one of the things we talked about with the students we were bringing up was they, they basically presented four different business ideas. It was a, it was a, it was, so this was like your two credit kind of course if you went to grad school. Like, like professional they call practice. it a seminar or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's like professional practice, right? They had some really interesting uh, entrepreneurial ideas, and one of them was working. One of them, two of them actually, were, hey, w we obviously see a working from home trend. So how do we capitalize on that with design? So mm -hmm. people, and we have gotten calls about this, uh, about people needing basically, they're either needing to add an addition onto their house where they're, they're you know, all of a sudden it's their office or, they, or they're tired of working with their wife or their husband in the same office. I have that almost every morning when I stay too late at the house and don't get to the office quick enough. Yeah. You need some space, right? So this is a real thing. And so what I was, I don't know if anybody knows, but last week I think Microsoft said they're going full-time remote, which that's a major corporation in America, right? Huge. Yeah. Right. One of the big, one of the big fang um, stocks. So uh, <clears throat> really not just through 2021. No. So there's, so I found an article this morning that was, it's on flexjobs.com. It's uh, if you want to Google it, the 27 companies that have switched to long-term remote work. So um, some of them, obviously, you'll know well-known names, right? Like Adobe, uh, Aetna, Amazon, and some of them are just decided they're Coinbase, Capital One, like huge names, Facebook. Uh, what are some other ones here? MasterCard, again, Microsoft, right? So Microsoft gave its employees the option to work from home uh, at least through January 2019, January 19, 2021. But this article was written... September 8th, so like over a month ago, they've just taken the whole plunge and said, no, we're just going full-time forever. So this is a real factor and a real thing, and I would encourage everybody to start thinking about how they can capitalize on people and this new need that has emerged in, in the economy and how they can help people with their needs for you know creating office space or workspace in, in their houses. And in their buildings. Um, second thing I think that we've seen is that web meetings are now a standard practice, which I have, been, which I am really happy about, because it saves all kinds of time. Now, what does web meetings? Oh, just even even honestly. But, but wait 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 wait. So before what what were the, some of the kind of solutions that they had? Was it just a design solution? Was it a shed? Was a lot it of it was rearranging. No no some of them were, some of them were so simple that they were rearranging just rearranging your space in your house mm. to make it work. So interior designers, if you're listening to this, I think that's something you can capitalize yeah. 
on all day long. I like that. Did did anyone make an egg suspended from the ceiling? You wish, but no. Okay, someone please they do not. that. They yeah. did not. Um, I think just to clarify, I was looking this up. Microsoft is letting you remote re- work home remotely permanently um, for a maximum fifty percent of their working week. Oh, that's what it is. Okay. Still, you still need a space to do that. Um, yeah, you need a space to do that for sure. So. Yeah. Make it happen. See, how, yeah. how, how can you capitalize on it? I just thought something something yeah. decent to talk about. Um, so the web conferencing. Guess how much web conferencing has increased? Ooh. Uh, let's see. It's seen, and I'll tell you when. This, so it's a pop quiz. Uh, the, the video and web conferencing category has seen a X amount increase in buyer activity since the beginning of COVID, the COVID outbreak. This article was written on May 8th. So I'm sure it's even more now since then. So, okay. Can I guess? Yeah. Um, 533%. You're real close. 500%. Wow. 500%. I've been, right? sp- <laughs> I have to tell you a quick story. Uh, this Trinity house that we're doing. Yep. I- I've been really good at guessing these past couple of weeks. Yeah. It's it, been crazy. Yeah. What the heck else? There was something else you guessed on it where you were spot on. Yeah. So spot on. So anyways, uh, maybe here I'll have you do the guess. Okay. Uh, how many cubic yards of rammed earth is in the Trinity house? 27. Uh, nope. <laughs> 400. Wow. That's well, a lot. that's what I guess. And Jason said, he goes, wow, it's actually 401. <laughs> 401. This is how good he's been. Yeah. 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 Um, web meetings. I love it for intro meetings. I love it for after you establish, you know, with clients. Um, we're having, I, I don't think it's the best when you have, multiple, multiple people. That's just my own opinion. We're going to have a landscape designer in, uh, a pool guy, the clients and ourselves. And I'm like, I rather have us all in person. And it's the first meeting too. So I think that maybe that's a rule of thumb. If you can do the first meeting on, if you can do the first meeting in person, that's helpful. Uh, and then after that, you, you know, everybody feels a little bit more comfortable and you know, a lot, a lot of stuff is probably hashed out. The but f- I think for me the silver lining has been that cities now uh, permitting mm-hmm. agencies, uh, building officials, and then um, planning departments will now do impromptu Zoom meetings with us. Incredibly or web it doesn't matter web meetings. It's been incredibly helpful. I I just like it, it, so if again if there's a silver lining to this whole thing as far as workflow, boy that has been much more helpful. Mm-hmm. Because they, I feel like they even feel a little bit more comfortable giving us answers. They don't, they, cause they still don't have to write them down. Right. Mm. I'm, I'm, I guarantee that these people are, are advised by, this is my guess, advised by the city attorney. Like don't, don't write stuff down. Like don't, don't commit to something in an email. Cause no, you just can't get them to do it. Yeah. This is my guess. But we have, but we've been able to streamline processes and just questions with the, with these folks, uh, so much better. So. I don't know. I think it's worth it. The other, the other weird thing, the other weird thing too, is like they seem like they don't want to use Zoom. Have you noticed that? It's like the private sector is going yes, all in on Zoom, and then the pu- public sector is going like we got to use I think uh, Teams, Teams, like, Microsoft Teams for some reason, and then WebEx. Yeah, but it might be Citrix Web WebEx. I also um, some big bureaucracy uh, corporations won't use Zoom too. I get that. Chinese own it, right? Is that the thing? Yeah. But it, yeah. 
it's probably like the the bigger your company gets, the more IT staff you have to then say, we need all these features and these back end things. And I don't know. You know, I don't know. Uh, The third thing that I think is a giant trend, which is 100% real, is that mortgage applications for suburban homes are surging as buyers try to escape the coronavirus pandemic. And this is just, and then there's other factors too. I mean, you've seen the unrest in the cities. People are wanting to get out. Mm-hmm. It, that's the truth. And the trends are showing it that way. Uh, and and obvious, and like my wife, my wife, who just uh, has a house under contract in our neighborhood, we live right outside of the city. So we're like a suburb of the suburbs. We're like in this weird gray area between the actual countryside because we border, we literally border like uh, cow and chicken farms, hemp fields, and then we border the city we operate in even in our little neighborhood she had i'm not joking she had uh eight of the interest eight people eight entity eight eight of like the 12 or people 12 or so couples and families that came and looked at this house in our in our neighborhood that is under contract now eight of them were from san francisco wow and you know what their main excuse what their main reasoning for leaving was it was it was actually the california fires Oh, but they don't. But then know. they oh, were covered which, in smog right yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. So it smells so, like a campfire. Oh, here in it Colorado. does. Yeah. So, so there's a fire that's burning northwest of us, and it, it overnight it increased in acreage of the amount of acreage on fire by six six thousand acres. So we woke up this morning and it's just like a a huge haze. But right. did you know what it did the night before? What thirty thousand? Yeah, yeah. It went even bigger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's just getting this crazy, crazy growth. But yeah, so so they, they came to our neighborhood, and thankfully that that was the the only day when she did this open house that the buyers who ended up buying it or under contract it was clear. Oh, good. They're like, ah, good, clear Colorado skies. Yeah. So there's all these factors. So anyway, back to there's all these factors about why people are moving to the suburbs. Um, there's, there's also just the the expense factor. I mean, you've heard for how many years about how expensive New York is, how expensive Chicago, how expensive San Francisco, all of these other cities are, and people are realizing it. And coupled with that, coupled with the fact that people are now able to work remotely, I mean, you just have like this this perfect storm of, right. of things going for you. So I want to make the argument though, and it's the unpopular argument that okay. suburbia is the new sustainable. Right. Yep. Um, and <laughs> there's a couple of factors that I believe lead to this. And one is, if you look at the hot button, you know, uh, trends going on, decentralization, distributed networks. That is what tech, and then, tech was already leading us there, right? Yep. But then also a uniform product, right? And suburbia can be uh, that's its knock, but its knock is that it's too uniform in the beginning, but once people start adding their trees and yep. all their additions and things like that, it, it, it gets to that more human touch on it. But going back to sustainable, if uh, these trends continue, which is solar prices going down, I can't believe even from a couple years ago, I was quoted a uh, solar panels on top of my house at $30,000 a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Now I know I could get it between 11 and 15,000. Have you had have you done, have you have you tried to do it recently? Just well, to- I'm building it on Becker. So I just know the prices. Oh, got it. Yep. Yep. Um <clears throat> so that's that's half price right there in a couple years. That solves your power issue. Um Colorado is now allowing you to collect water, rainwater, right? yep. You can collect and filter your own water, right? The other thing 
so those two things I feel are huge. The the other knock on uh, suburbia is that the there's too many resources being allocated to it, right? One, if you buy wood from uh, sustainably forest, you know, forestries, I think you're solving a big problem there. And the other thing to look at allocation resources too is that if you're in construction or in architecture, resources, the, the best way we have to measure them is through money right now, right? And people forget that human resources are a resource. If you try to build a 1,000 square foot condo in Denver, it will cost as much or more than a 2,000 square foot house in suburbia. 100%. Right? 100% So why is that happening? If you look at the resources, there's more concrete. There might be PT slab, podiums. But there's also the expense of the humans of trying to get it through the permitting process, um, upgrading a a system in in Denver uh, to handle that load, building a school in a dense neighborhood. All of those things add up. So I don't know if that argument carries as much water as people think. Because mm-hmm. you have to relate resources, apples to apples. And the best way we can do that is money to money. And I'm not talking about sales price. I'm talking about this is construction price that I'm, I'm comparing. And the um, efficiencies that, that you can get when you have the room to build those houses, right? Uh, they also, you know, they'll talk about land resources, right? Oh, you're taking up too much land. Well... If you've been in Colorado and if you've been on the east side of Colorado, the land is junk. And I can say that because you live it, there. It, I live there. Ah. But, but also, but also I have traveled. Like, I think what he ju- means by junk is just so everybody knows is once you once you cross the our mountains are the continental divide. And what happens is on the east side of the mountains, we are in a rain shadow, meaning if you get on the prairie out east in Colorado, like the plows do not. The rain does not follow the plows. It's dry, so it's junk in the sense that like there's not a lot you can do with this land. There's nothing. There's nothing agriculturally. On there. There's no biodiversity. Literally, if you if you decided to build, if you decided to have a farm out east, you might be hurting the environment more because if you're having to pump up the groundwater and deplete those. Um, really, right. Yeah. But but then so the farms next to me because I run I run out in the farms. And, and the barren land. What, my suburban neighborhood, with its trees, its bushes, its grass, has more animal diversity than the farms out there. So you're actually increasing the biodiversity by building these suburban neighborhoods. Got those rabbits. Got those rabbits. Got foxes. Got raccoons. All that. And I'd like to remind everybody, too, that if everybody goes back, and I, th- I can't remember what podcast episode it was, but I had a gentleman on who was uh, he went over this really well it was right after scott buyer scott i had scott buyer on of market urbanism and then i had another fella on and i oh randall o'toole randall o'toole that's his name he he's an he's a new urbanist and what he was was he was explaining our new suburbanist i would call him actually he was explaining that only three percent of the of the arable land in the united states is 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 taken up with like urban development Oh, and and the amount of land between here and Iowa. My God, just drive open. drive through the Midwest once in your life, please, because oh, I think it'll change your world perspective. It is a sea of land. It Go, is a ocean. It's of in, land. it's insane how much land there is. Yeah, I I don't think people realize because most people 
live in dense cities. Yeah. And when you travel other places, you go from airport to airport. Driving across America, there is there is a plethora of land. And, and even if you get from Wisconsin over to the East Coast, I still don't think that you realize how much land is past Minnesota all the way to California. Because you think that the like Chicago and over, you know, oh, we're out in the countryside. Yeah, kind of. But I don't think if you haven't done it, what it means to drive and see farms and not see uh, farmhouses. That's how big the farms are, that you cannot literally see any habitable structure when you look around and it's flat. Yeah. That's a different kind of animal. Yep. Yep. hundred percent. Well, we don't have any Nick Reeds today, but we do have a Nick Wins. Ooh. And I would like to give Nick a shout out, uh, Nick of Dig Architecture. Uh, he he and his firm, they got a little surprise at the office on October 3rd, 2020. Design excellence for a little office building that they designed in Jacksonville Beach. Nick, you are a treasure. American treasure. National treasure. I ho- Yep. I hope your wife uh, makes you something nice to eat this weekend in celebration. And we'll, we'll, I hope we hope to hear from you next week because we missed you this week, sir. We missed you. Yeah. So without Nick, let's bring down the team and do ARE Jeopardy. All righty, here we go. Number one, what is the most cost-effective way to ventilate a new crawl space? A, add a supply and return duct. B, add passive vents to the walls of the foundation. C, add passive vents on top of the perimeter of the foundation. D, all are equally cost-effective ways to ventilate a crawl space. All are equally is what is the tricky, tricky... Trickster. Trickster. Mine are not trickster ones. Mm-hmm. All right. We have C, A, C, C. C. What is yours, Rebecca? D. D. Uh, D is correct. There we go. Chalk one up for the rebonator. Uh, and I think this is arguable, but this is my experience so far. After, after seeing Al and how they did theirs, I think it's about a wash. I think it's just like you skin a cat a different way. It is yeah. what it is. What do you think? Would you argue? Uh, Want to argue? No, I think they're. I think they're all. I think they are too. Yeah. Equal. Yep. Yep. All right. Number two. How often should a backflow preventer be be maintained? A or a annually. B, every two years, C, biannually, or D, it should be tested once a year, but there is no hard and fast rule. Yeah, Al, Al had the old, hmm. What do we got? What do we got? We have, we have D, D, B, D, Rebecca, pick D. Uh, I think it's D. What do you think, Al? Well, it does have to be tested once a year. Yeah. So that's true. Yeah. But does that mean there's no hard and fast rule? Correct. There's no hard and fast rule for maintenance because it just has to be tested once a year. Oh, so you're being... Yep. Yeah. Yep. So that was a switch up. It was the old curveball. The old curveball. All right. Question number three. What is the common gas pressure supplied to appliances inside a house? A, mm. two pounds. Mm. B, six to seven inch water column. C, quarter pound. D, half pound. Mm. 
Good question, Al Gore. Good. This is these are not this question. is not trick either. All right. We have Reba. We have two C's and a bunch of D's. D is a half pound. That is correct. Now, if one of those terms was unfamiliar to you, this next question might help explain it. All right. <laughs> a six inch water column is equivalent to how many pounds of pressure? A, two pounds. B, four pounds. C, a quarter pound. D, a half pound. A six inch water column is equivalent to how many pounds of pressure? A, two pounds. B, four pounds. C, quarter pound. D, half pound. Lance, do you know? Just shake your head, yes or no. No. Lance does not. Well, or say. <laughs> All right. Uh, B, D, A, C, D. The correct answer is a quarter pound. And how you know this? What? One pound of pressure is 27 inch water column. 27 inches. Oh, right? and you just divide it. And you just divide. So when you try to get more nuance, a lot of times when you are under one pound of pressure, you use water column. So when you're filling out a form or Excel calls you and they say, hey, what's your pressure? Is it six to seven inch water column? And you go, what are you talking about? Never talk to me like that ever again. <laughs> you do say that. Yes. <laughs> do Honestly, not. architects, please stop using uh, acronyms just out of the blue because I think even I don't understand them or engineers stop doing that. There you go. Just spell it out for me. So if they said, you know, a 15 inch water column, that's basically a half pound of pressure. Uh, you know, six to seven inches is about a quarter pressure. Um, and if you ever have installed a, um, radon mitigation, you'll see that there's literally a little water column that has the pressure in there and it has two lines that it's supposed to stay in between the pressure. So that's how they're relating it to water column, if it makes sense too. I mean, it's also pounds it, per it, square inch. Won. Three, two, one, one, two. All right, Jason. Jason's picking where we're going. Jason won. Uh, what is cool about this though is I, I think, was it true that Mark was winning probably the last couple months? Yeah. I think so. And then he passed his test. So Correct. hopefully that trend continues. Hopefully. He passed some tests. Other than that, go to RevitRocketChip.com, go to Dell.com in uh, forward slash inside the firm, and also high five whoever's next to you. You got that. Uh, quick social media shout outs. Uh, if you aren't following us on Facebook, please do go to Facebook.com forward slash inside the firm. If you aren't following us on Instagram, please go to Instagram.com forward slash ITF underscore podcast. If you aren't following us on Twitter, do that. Twitter.com forward slash ITF underscore podcast. See you next week.